We're going to have a Bible reading in a moment, but uh, many years ago I used to be a school teacher. And I learned, of course, why teach the second lesson if they've never learnt the first? Oh dear. Is this loud enough? Are we okay, Ian? Can you hear me on? Am I right? Mind you, I might uh, get enthusiastic. You have to turn it down. But uh, now, what were we sharing this morning? It is Pentecost Sunday. We don't use that in England so much, do we? Uh, we don't even use the word Whitson. Uh, uh, spring bank holiday coming up but I do want to say there used to be and there still is I think in the Church of England what I call a Christian calendar of course we, we rejoice in Christmas uh, that was in the, in the Old Testament this morning I was saying that the Lord in the Old Testament for his Old Testament people ordained seven feasts do you remember the seven feasts of the Lord but because some of these were clustered together, uh, for example, Passover, uh, Passover actually was the Feast of First Fruits, uh, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, that's another, but it was clustered over one weekend or towards the end of a week. And uh, later on in the, I call it the autumn, if you like, they had another cluster over a fortnight. And uh, then in the middle of the year, they had another one on its own. So the seven were spread-eagled. Three, do you remember we said that? Three times in the year. Equivalent to what we call now New Testament believers. Equivalent to Passover, equivalent to Easter. The Old Testament word Pentecost well, I've called it Pentecost Sunday. I don't mind. It's Pentecost Sunday. Uh, Whitson. Ah, I don't really want to say Springbank holiday. You know what I mean? Sometimes the two are the same weekend and sometimes they're not. But it is vital as Christians to remember, irrespective of Springbank holidays or whether we get winter bank holidays or autumn bank holidays or whatever the other one is, it's vital to remember he came, he died for us, paid for our sins, hallelujah. We just remember that. And uh, Easter, truth number one, and we said no other faith or religion has its leader that ever died for his followers, paying for their sins. We have a unique message in that bit. Second, we have a unique message in this second bit. And that is, <clears throat> oh, we haven't revised those sentences yet, have we? Uh, but it was the coming of the Holy Spirit, which we're going to read about soon, into, praise God, the lives of the believer. We are no longer alone. We are, if saved by grace, a God indwelt people. Understand it we may not. Believe it we do. We are a God-indwelt people once we are converted and saved. We are no longer different. People say, are you trying to say you're different to us? 
and we say no dear friend we're trying to say we're different to what we used to be he's changed us we might be different to the world and other people but we are certainly different to what we were before we were converted I may not be the man I ought to be but I'm not the man I used to be I really changed agreed hallelujah for that the coming of the Holy Spirit and then lastly can't do with this tabernacles when all their harvest was safely gathered in the Feast of Tabernacles and spiritually that was looking forward to the time when world harvest the proclaiming Christ and people responding to Jesus they're coming by the thousands hallelujah they're coming by the millions all over the world and when all believers are safely gathered in saved hallelujah God will call time and Jesus will come and we will be gathered up to with him uh, believers in glory hallelujah again I've got to get my number of hallelujahs out good now those three clustered areas in the Old Testament roughly still in our kind of English calendar Easter I'd prefer to call it Pentecost rather than even Whitson and okay the Harvest Festival leave that that's not a special weekend but they are the three and the three sentences we learnt this morning oh, get your notes out quick are you ready the three sentences that we learnt this morning the first one was Galatians oh just a moment oh I get wonderful relief now encourage yourself hands up those who were not here this morning wonderful you don't have to answer you are you must not feel embarrassed because you do not know all right so we've got one or two left I gave them three sentences to remember oh you'll see what the rest are like now uh, whether the morning people are any good um, sentence number one is definitely from the Bible Galatians 2 verse 20 and the exact words there and we said them together were the Son of God loved me and gave himself for me okay I put my hands out to remind us of the cross the Son of God loved me and gave himself for me Easter reminds us of the Son of God loved me and gave himself for me 50 days later call it seven uh, seven weeks in the day if you like seven weeks later Pentecost you're going to read it when the Holy Spirit came but my wording was this came to live inside us the Son of God loves me and has given himself uh, 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 to me on the cross he gave himself for me but coming in 
to my heart, he's given himself to me. And the third one, hallelujah, can't go into this, I'd like to, but there we are. The third one, future, end of the world. We said, the Son of God loves me still. In spite of what I'm like and what I do, he's never given up on me. Hallelujah. The Son of God loves me still and is coming back again. Yeah, you mustn't say again. I mean, that's it. You've got, got to get it personal. He's coming back for me. All right, for us as well. We know that. Now, have you got those three? They're the three. If you forget everything else in the Bible, what a wonderful book. I love it still. I read part of it every day. It, it's, it, it, it's an increasing delight. Now, I never knew years ago this was a dull, boring, dusk, covered book so old that nobody was any interested that was my thought who can possibly get interested in that and the answer is once you get saved me <laughs> it's lovely a lovely book can we say those three sentences together the son of God loved me and gave himself for me and then the son of God loves me and has given himself to me. And the Son of God loves me still. And is coming back for me. Forget everything else in the book if you must. But you remember those three. Promise? I'm not going on to the sermon unless you promise. You say don't promise and then we get an early service over. All right. Now. Uh, I advertised this morning, what a big one we've got tonight, but I'll do my best. <coughs> the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, is a person, not an it, not, a, not an influence. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's a divine person. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. More than that, he's a person just like Jesus. Do you remember we said, Jesus promised... Uh, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter. And that another, the word in Greek, another, is not another of a different sort, but another of exactly the same sort. Uh, oh. There's an object. Uh, this one, if you like. There's another object. Different. And if you like that microphone. There's an object. Here's another object. Yes, you say, it's, it is another one, but it's another one just like that. And the blessed Holy Spirit is a person, a divine person, and if I point to Jesus, just like that, just like him, he is another person just like Jesus. And just as you and I want to love Jesus, listen to Jesus, not hurt Jesus and follow Jesus, so equally we should love the Holy Spirit, listen to the Holy Spirit, not want to upset the Holy Spirit and follow the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? They're the same. Um, they're the three sentences. Now, there's so much more to learn about him. 
we shouldn't concentrate really on him, the Holy Spirit, but him, the Lord Jesus, our Savior. Jesus himself said when he, the Holy Spirit, is come, he will not speak of himself, he will testify of me. I often say it's a bit like a torch. I haven't brought one. Pretend my glasses case is a torch. You see, somebody bought uh, my son when he was smaller, a torch. And you could flick it over, it was red. Flick it over, it was green. Different colored, you know, lenses. And, uh, but what is a torch for? The answer is, oh, look. No, a torch is not for looking at. A torch is for shining to see something else. And the Holy Spirit has come, not for us to get obsessed with, oh, look, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, look, 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 look. Not to get obsessed with the Holy Spirit. He wants to testify of Jesus and shine on him. That's his work, you see? Uh, so, but, but even so, I've apologized in one sense for concentrating on the Holy Spirit tonight because it is Pentecost Sunday. And uh, if I did it 52 weeks of a year, uh, it would be a wrong balance. But if you'll allow me, tonight we'll just consider the blessings of the Holy Spirit. I said seven words. One, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Two, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Three, the seal of the Holy Spirit. Four, the guarantee of the Holy Spirit. Five, the unction or anointing of the Holy Spirit. Depends which English version of the Bible you have. Six, the witness of the Holy Spirit. And seven, the filling of the Holy Spirit. Obviously, we cannot spend, well, we can, but I'm not going to. Uh, we cannot spend a long time on each, all right? Uh, just briefly, but I hope you'll be thrilled with the brief comments we have. Wonderful. Um, don't get worried about the time I spend on the first point. It's disproportionate. In other words, I'm going to spend a bit longer on that. We're not going to be as long on the others, all right? So relax. Uh, so we're coming to these, but I'm quoting a man, Charles Simeon. Ever heard of a saint or a Christian called Charles Simeon? He's a great man in Cambridge, years gone by. Helped to found the Church Missionary Society. He was a man of great influence. But he said this, it's very interesting. Lay aside systems and fly to the Bible. Receive its words with simple submission and without an eye to any system. Be Bible Christians, not system Christians. Now, if I can kindly say it, I do want to kindly say it, there are churches and fellowships which have their own sort of little emphasis. And everybody follows that emphasis. It's funny how I, I, I haven't got geography sorted out, but Iraq, 
and Iran's and Muslims, yes. Uh, but in one, you have uh, the uh, Sunnis Muslim, and the other have a Shia Muslim. Now, if they all come to the Quran and they're convinced personally of their Islamic or Muslim faith, why is it that in one country everyone's come to the conclusion that the Sunni belief is correct? And you don't get many Shias. And in the other country, they're all convinced equally the Shia. Well, may I humbly submit, it's not because they've come to the Quran. It's just that they've listened to what everybody's saying around them. Isn't that fair? I'm trying to be fair. And it is true that in our churches or fellowships, if everybody in the fellowship thinks one thing, you know, you, you say, oh, that's it. Now, what we've got to try and do, lovingly, uh, with those we might differ from, is to come to the Bible and not just be convinced by the group we are in. Uh, I'm hoping pastors even saying amen to that. Um, now, so, first, am I going too fast? Listen to the, have we got a tape? Listen to the tape. If I'm going too fast. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Be careful. It has divided Christians, and it shouldn't do. There are... Uh, this is a hard bit. It gets better after I finish this bit. So if you want to turn off for five minutes, all right, this is a bit difficult. There are what I call four main schools of thought relative to this as you go round various Christians. I call them, one, the position, sorry, the placing school. It is position as well. The placing school or the position school. Number two, the purity school. Number three, the power school. And number four, I call it the praise school. I call it that because it's P-P-P-P. Did you notice that bit? P-P-P-P. Uh, now, what is the emphasis of the position school? The baptism of the Holy Spirit is something to do with position or placing. What does that mean? They emphasize, and I think quite correctly for not only this but other things, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was anticipated prophetically in the Gospels. John the Baptist said, He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Agreed? I hope you allow me not to turn them all up, but he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist was looking forward to something happening by Jesus. It was anticipated prophetically. Big words, but I hope we agreed there. My reading, uh, well, I will read from this wonderful, miraculous book. We should read from it. 
In Acts chapter 1, before he went back to heaven, Jesus said, verse 5, John truly baptized with water, this is Jesus speaking, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Trust me, ten days later was Pentecost. Not many days from now, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues or languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. In the chapter, they went out and started mingling with the huge crowd that had gathered on this Feast of Pentecost. And Peter started preaching. Verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, so now he's preaching. He preaches effectively. And down in verse 37, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what should we do? Then Peter said to them, repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And what? You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. When the gospel was first preached, they not only said repent and uh, through Jesus you can receive the forgiveness of sins. <clears throat> the gospel offer in the early days was this. Yes, you should repent. Yes, believe in Jesus Christ. Yes, rejoice then in the forgiveness of sins. But it also included and not only forgiveness. The gospel offer is you shall receive the Holy Spirit. Put in another word, God can not only wonderfully forgive you, he can wonderfully come inside of you and make a new you of you. You get a new start. You get a new life. We're not just offering a little... Oh, I'll sign this document. There's forgiveness for you. No, 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 no. No. Hallelujah. Yes, we've got forgiveness. But it's far more than that. And <clears throat> that which was anticipated prophetically in Acts was experienced historically. Jesus said, not many days hence, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Ten days later, they were. Anticipated prophetically. 
experienced historically. But this is the wonder of the Bible. It is a progressive revelation. And in the letters, you now have the explanation theologically. If you want to understand what it means, don't turn to John the Baptist. If you want to understand what it means, don't turn to Acts 2, although you can see the experience of having it. If you want to understand, you turn to that part of the Bible, which is an explanation of so much that's gone before, and that is the letters. What is the theological explanation? I'm going to quote 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 and first verse 13 which says he's talking to the Corinthians what a motley crew they were if you didn't know chapter 12 verse 13 for by one spirit this is my version it might be slightly different there but for by one spirit we we he wasn't one of the 12 apostles or one of the 120 in the upper room. He was Paul, converted later. By one spirit, we all, not the super saints, and cut out the embarrassing saints. No, no, no. We were all baptized into one body. Baptized into, we were placed into. It's a placing. It's a changing position. This is the position school. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon all those on the day of Pentecost, blended them, if that's the word, into one and they became what we call the body of Christ. Not the physical body. The spiritual body. We were placed, we were baptized into one body. We became Christ's body on earth of believers. By the Spirit. And the moment a person comes into the body of Christ is their personal Equivalent experience of being baptized by the Spirit. Placing into Christ. Are you with me? 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Anticipated. Experienced. Explained. Uh, let's leave that for the moment. The purity school. It'll all take shape. The purity school. I like to call it the purity school uh, some would like to say no 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 we, they don't teach purity they teach perfection well it's another P so it doesn't make much difference does it but uh, I don't like to call it the perfection school the purity school um, this is to do with us once we're converted being cleaner in life now we can't deny that. We should be cleaner morally. Uh, we should 
sinless, even if we're not sinless. Does that make sense? Uh, it doesn't to anybody from abroad, but uh, we should, when we're converted, sin less, even if we're not sinless. And uh, we all ought to be concerned about purity. Some have testified, they've said, I had a terrible uh, problem, uh, a besetting sin. Oh, how I struggled. And then suddenly, hallelujah, what release! I came into liberty and I, the chains were broken. Uh, Schofield of Schofield Bibles said uh, to his biographer, write it clear and plain, he said, the moment I trusted Christ, the chains were instantly broken, never to be uh, forged again. So it happened when he was converted. But some people say after they were converted, they struggle for a while, then something happens, and they're wonderfully freed into a purer, cleaner life. Is that possible? Of course it's possible. Do we rejoice in it? Of course we rejoice in it. Of course we do. Uh, are, we, are we denying it? No. But what we are saying is this. I'm sorry if this is too much. I hope you enjoy my sermon. Are you? Can I just pause a minute? But what we are saying is this. We're, dear friend, if you're in liberty, we rejoice with you. If you've had a crisis experience subsequent to your conversion, probably years later, it's a real blessing to you. It's a second blessing to you, if you like. You might even term, uh, use the term baptism in the spirit, which is what the holiness people, I humbly suggest, use, you see. But we're saying this. We're not rubbing you of your experience. But please don't go round saying this is something that everybody must experience in exactly the same way because it is a doctrine taught in the Bible, which I would humbly submit to you, is not true. Uh, I, I, I want as many experiences or crises or whatever, uh, people becoming cleaner and, and everything. I would humbly submit it's not a doctrine in the Bible. And some people have found they do not get an immediate world war over in a moment. With sin and temptation, it's, it's a lengthy struggle through the years. So we rejoice in everybody who has a crisis of wonderful victory and we appeal for their sympathy to us who haven't had quite the same experience and we struggle on. I hope that's fair, fair enough and kind. Uh, the power school. Mm, now, oh, that hateful clock. Uh, the power school. Uh, this group of people, you, found, you do find them in churches, and I want to say I have sympathy with this emphasis as well. Uh, they say, and what a wonderful verse it is, Acts 1.8 says, You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. 
in Jerusalem, uh, and both Judea and Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the world. You shall receive power, and you shall be witnesses to me. And they claim, and did they not experience it? Why? They had such a powerful witness. They influenced how many? You cannot say hundreds or thousands. Hundreds of thousands. Would it be millions even then? Because within 30 years, society was saying, these that have turned the world upside down. 30 years that evangelized and influenced the known world. What a blessing. There was a power upon them. And uh, may I say that England has had its share. History has known its Whitfields that influenced thousands. Wesleys, thousands. Spurgeons, thousands. William Booth, bless him, round the world before he himself died and the Salvation Army. Thousands. The influence and impact of men with seeming power upon them. Uh, and sadly, ooh, I want to say it kindly, but sadly, don't you think all too many churches and all too many vicars, pastors, ministers, call them what you will, sadly lack that something which means impact for Christ. The power of the Holy Spirit. And the power schools say, Moody had his second blessing. Hallelujah. I'm happy to for him to have it. Reuben Torrey had it. John Sung of China had it. Jonathan Goforth of Manchuria had it. There was a power upon people. However, I want to point this out to you. Again, kindly, as much as I love this, and as much as I really do believe we need to get to our knees, we're the older folks here, not the youngsters, we need to get to our knees and our prayer meetings to pray that that power somehow may come back, back again into our country, into our pulpits, and into our preachers. We really do. We are desperate. Humanism steamrolling. I mustn't get on this, but you know the modern laws that they're going. We're getting nearer to Sodom today than we are to Jerusalem. We need to pray. However, with all my heart backing that up, I do want to draw your attention to the fact that Acts 1.8 does not say, you shall receive power to preach. It says, you shall receive power and you shall be my witnesses. It's power to be a witness. Now, that may console some of you who are not preachers. I'm a preacher. I want God's blessing and help to preach. You are not a preacher. You say, well, that power is cut out. No, no, no. You're called to be a witness. And how can you witness well, now I've got a few, a little list here. Allow me to read it. I put, we not only need power to preach the gospel effectively, 
power to suffer persecution bravely. How many of our brothers and sisters have been killed today? Today. Hundreds. Each day. Around the world. Power to suffer persecution bravely. But in their brave martyrdom, they've been a witness to those who have killed them. Power to face death calmly. Power to accept tragedy meekly. Power to withstand evil courageously. Power to experience disappointment unwaveringly. Power to resist temptation victoriously. Power to endure sickness patiently. Power to respond to hatred kindly. And in so many other ways, to respond to life's challenges and situations spiritually. You know we need the power of the Holy Spirit in ordinary daily life. Till the neighbor says, I don't know how you can take it anymore. Or, you know, how can you possibly... And we say, I couldn't do it without him. That's not preaching, but it's witnessing. And it can witness powerfully. You should receive power. After the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you should be my witnesses. He will help you to do this. I must hurry on. The praise school. Well, uh, Acts 13, 52, just to say, they were filled with joy in the Holy Spirit, and if you are filled with joy, it will spill over. You've got too, too much tea in the teacup. It will spill over. All right. And uh, it will spill over in, in praise. Oh, what the Lord has done for me. And it will spill over in worship. I'm very happy for that. And what a spill over we're going to be, have in heaven. When we join everybody else saying, worthy is the Lamb. Uh, we won't say, shall we sing number, um, what is it next on the list? <laughs> we won't be doing that. We're, we're worthy is the Lamb. Uh, we want to be filled with praise. And we, we need more of it. Uh, Wesley said, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. My great Redeemer's praise. Uh, we want more tongues singing his praise. Uh, just a minute, I'll have to pause there. Uh, uh, more tongues we can understand, shall we say, and not more tongues that we can't understand. We'll have to be careful here. But uh, there is a praise and a worship. I'm not against that. What's the sum total of it? This baptism of the Spirit. Without a shadow of doubt, when you and I were saved, understand it, we might not. Uh, do it, we did not ourselves. But God said, by his Spirit, he placed us, he positioned us in Christ, and we're treated on a totally different level now. Uh, don't just emphasize that. Do add, and these people that might overemphasize one point above another, they do have truth that we, we should experience also purity, and by the grace of God, power to witness and we should be overflowing in praise. Amen. Uh, but I, I humbly submit, maybe we ought not to associate that, those words, the baptism of the Spirit, with these experiences. Oh, now you're worried. 
You haven't had your cup of tea yet and I haven't finished. <laughs> the gift of the Holy Spirit. I said when Peter preached, he said, not only forgiveness are we offering you, we are offering you, if you get saved, forgiveness and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Please notice, those of you who know your Bible, not gifts of the Holy Spirit, the gift, singular, he himself. You get him when you get saved. My wife, you know how wives get sent, well, <coughs> husbands, you know how wives get sentimental uh, on occasions. And uh, our wedding anniversary was coming up. Uh, have you thought of uh, a little something you might get me for my wed for the, our wedding anniversary? Oh, I said, no, love. Uh, what would you like? Well, she said, what did you get last year? Oh, oh did I get anything? I thought, this is danger. If I can't think, I've got to double up this year. You know, something like that. What did you, what did you get me last year? I said, I, I can't remember that. But I remember the gift I gave you on our wedding day. And she got worried. What was that? She said, don't you remember? I said, no, she said, oh, you can't forget. Oh, the ring, she said, the ring. Not the ring, the other thing I gave you. I worked it up. <laughs> oh, Trevor, she said, Trevor. What was it? What was it? I said, me! <laughs> me! I, of course, you didn't get a gift from me. Well, that's the wedding ring, probably. Didn't get a gift from me. You got me! Oh, friends, go home. If you forget everything else I said tonight, you'll rejoice in this. When I got saved, he didn't just give me this or that or a Bible or a hymn book or... A, he gave me himself, hallelujah, to live inside me. You have received the, not only forgiveness, hallelujah for that, but the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is where I'm speeding on, or you will be pleased. Number three, the seal of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read Ephesians 1, 13, and then we'll have Ephesians 1, 14. Galatians, Ephesians. So Paul writing here, verse 12 about being who trusted in Christ. Verse 13. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The sealing, not that one. <laughs> the sealing of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It means God says he's, got, he's put a mark on you. We had a friend, a little uh, child went to a Bible club or something. And uh, it was on the, on the theme of Pirates pirate ships, something like that. And this little toddler came back and said to our friend, Mummy, the devil can't have me now. Oh, she said. 
Why not? She says, I'm four. She was four years old. The devil can't have me. I'm four. The mother was a bit worried. So she went to the church and the Bible club where they'd been singing choruses about pirates and ships and things. All right, you with me? And uh, one of the chorus choruses was this. Satan's a pirate assailing the sea and he's out to catch you if you're roaming free. <laughs> so the little girl went home and said, Mummy, the devil can't have me, I'm four. <laughs> She'd misheard the words, you see. The devil's out to catch you if you're only three. She can't have me, I'm four. <laughs> when you came to the Lord Jesus, Oh, so much. He forgave you. Hallelujah. Wake up to it. Yes. Uh, he, he came into you, gave himself to you. Wake up to that. And he got a stamp or something, and he did that to you. You are mine. Satan, you can't have that one. That one's mine. We adopted, as some of you know, somebody from the Philippines, a little baby boy, and pushing him in the brand neighbors, you know how they ogle and google over babies. Oh, what a lovely little baby. Can I take him home? A little toddler said, yes. I thought, oh dear, you know, uh, don't want competition, you see, you, you can have the baby. Can I take him to my home? Yes. We got a bit worried. Anyway, the process went on and we duly adopted and, si and, and we were walking down the street. Another mother, or maybe the same one. Oh, what a lovely little baby. Can I take him home? And the toddler said, no, we've signed the papers now. <laughs> well, when you trusted Christ, I don't know how you can put it, You've signed the papers, or God signed them for you, and nobody else can have you. You're saved, and you're saved for keeps. Hallelujah. Sealed. You're his. Isn't that lovely? Now, what's the next one? Next verse. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance? He's the guarantee of our inheritance. I was otherwise occupied yesterday. I wanted to watch the whole royal funeral. Uh, I was in the hospital... Uh, well, that's right, isn't it? But, uh, <laughs> 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 well, somebody said, uh, what was it? Uh, Man is incomplete until he gets married. Then he's finished. <laughs> <laughs> well, the royal wedding. I meant to watch the royal wedding. When I did it, my vows were... And with all my worldly goods, I thee endow. Now, I think I heard it in the hospital ward. I kept glimpsing it. I think I heard it correctly. He said something about and uh, sharing, what is it, my things or something with you. I think it's changed slightly. Well, if uh, Megan gets a share of his, she'll get more than everything that I gave Kate. <laughs> but... Uh, 
the word guarantee in Greek here is arabon, means nothing to you. But I'll tell you a modern Greek word based on it. And the modern Greek word is arabona. That means nothing to you. But I'll tell you what arabona means. In Greek, it means engagement ring. Now, what does arabona mean on a girl's finger? It means I'm lined up to be married. And one day he's going to say, whether it's modern language or my language, with all my worldly goods, I the end out. I'm going to get everything that's his. I'm going to get him, he's going to get me, but I'm going to get everything that's his. And this little bit is a foretaste and a guarantee. I'm coming into it. The Holy Spirit you have and the new life you have is a guarantee there's a lot more on the way. Guaranteed. Isn't that lovely? That's lovely. And uh, anyway, nothing further, move on. The unction of the anointing of the Holy Spirit will not turn to them because of time. 1 John 2 is not basically for preaching in the context of the Bible. It is to do with knowing and being taught and being sure of our ground. The Holy Spirit is given to us that we might be sure of our faith. I'd like to say more. I won't. I'll be true to the clock. Uh, The witness of the Spirit. Nothing to do with witnessing down, uh, I've forgotten what it's called, not Foxy Square, what is it? Foster Square. Foster Square, is it? I've forgotten the names of Bradford. Whatever. This witness, the witness of the Spirit, his witness in my heart so I can say blessed assurance Jesus is mine not blessed hope not oh I hope I'm alright no 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 he witnesses with my spirit with our spirit we are the children of God that's his work are you happy you're saved Give thanks to him that's put a little bit of happiness in your heart that you're happy to be saved. Now, uh, the filling of the Spirit. (sighs) Ephesians 5.18 Be filled with the Spirit. Written to Christians means one, Christians can be filled with the Spirit. Two, Christians should be filled with the Spirit. Three, Christians may not be filled with the Spirit. That's why they're told, be filled with the Spirit. Oh, dear friends, I must end. Isn't this sad? But I've made a study. I've been through Acts to notice every time they were filled with the Holy Spirit and what the result was. And then I've been through the letters to consider the fullness of the Spirit and the teaching which follows, and I found something very interesting. In Acts of the Apostles, 
when the saints, I call them the saints, were filled with the Spirit, they became better servants. They were effective. They were powerful. The fullness of the Spirit can make the saint a better, more effective servant. Yes, it can. But when I studied the letters from the fullness of the Spirit and read the next chapter or two, it talked about being better husbands or better wives or better employees or better employers or better children. In other words, in Acts, the emphasis was the Holy Spirit can make a saint a better, more effective servant. But in the letters, the fullness of the Spirit is out to make the servant a better saint. A better husband, a better wife, a better child, a better parent, a better worker, you see. If you study that, we're going to end now. Isn't it sad? You'll have to invite me back again, probably. But uh, the filling of the Spirit, whether we are saints and our lives impacting the neighbor, or whether we're a servant talking or preaching or doing something for Jesus, may we know that touch of the Holy Spirit that makes us a better witness, a better saint, a better servant. Uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. May I summarize like this, and then I'm handing back to somebody. Simple language. The seven words of the Holy Spirit. The baptism. I am in him. The gift. He is in me. The seal. I am his. The guarantee. And all his one day, hallelujah, will be mine. The unction or anointing. I see it. The witness. I'm sure of it. The filling. And by grace I'll show it to the world. Bless God for the Holy Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Where would we be without our Jesus? Where would we be without the Holy Spirit? Where would we be without our Heavenly Father? Thank you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, for all you are to us. In Jesus' name, amen.